Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, we got through some technical challenges here. We did. We did. And logistical challenges. Mm-hmm. Last week we didn't record because of weather. Yep. Is that well, me ding in there? Yeah, that's right. This is this is real life. Yeah, last week the snow was pretty pretty rough, so we just called it and said we'll just do a double. It gave me time though. Hopefully the sound quality is really good this time because it gave me time to play around with us each having our own microphone rather than trying to use the same one and. Hopefully it, we get we get a really nice clear sound. And if not, at least incremental improvement. Exactly. That's maybe we don't set the bar at perfection, but moving toward it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I guarantee it's not perfection. <laughs> I guarantee that. I but, mean, isn't that kind of the design of this podcast? Yes. It's just common, but it is fun. For me, it's fun to be like I, I've got a couple microphones, so let's play around and yeah. figure out how to make it work. So, And for me, it's fun because I don't understand how any of this works, so I just kind of sit and let you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is fun because I've got all these little gadgets that I've collected throughout my life of just recording and doing my own little side projects. And so it's always fun when I'm like, maybe I can use this. Maybe, yeah. maybe this can help. And so lots of YouTube videos. Yeah. And actually, I am semi and like I talk like I'm like still in the Stone Age and I don't really embrace technology or understand it. That's not true. I mean, right. I I work remotely, so I depend on a lot of technology. But all the recording stuff is actually of interest to me because as I and my and my kids get more into playing music together, it's kind of fun to record stuff and figure out how we can meld our stuff together. Absolutely. Recording is, to me, just super fun. So that's where I think half of of doing podcasting that's fun is the conversation. But for me, the other half is all the gadgetry of it. I think that that's, that's a blast. So we'll see. Maybe you guys will listen and be like, it sounds worse than it ever did. And that's all right, too. Yeah, but We're okay with that. Exactly. It, it's just trying. So, um, so what, what's new going on with you? Well, we started out, I mean, if we want to be totally honest and uh, what's the, what, genuine mm-hmm. with the listeners, we started out spending the first 15 minutes just talking about tough stuff yeah. in life. Yeah. Not to sound like whiners. I don't think either of us were whining. I don't think so. Maybe I was a little. No, I actually had a talk with my wife about this last night and- She does not like complaining. Mm -hmm. She easily gets turned off by complaining once it starts to cross a line, and that line isn't very far for her anyway. Yep. Um, But I told her, like, I don't know, I think we have to, I think one thing, one part of maturing is, like, being able to identify between whining or complaining and just voicing things that are real challenges for you. Mm-hmm. And I told her, there's a difference between saying, gosh, I am so sick of this weather yeah. and saying, 
boy, this weather has really been a challenge lately yeah. with stuff, at, you know, at home or whatever. Like, those are kind of come from two different hearts. Yeah. And so I think there has to be a space sometimes. And, and so I guess I'm giving you a pass. Like, I don't think this morning you were whining. You were using me as a sounding board just for some things that have been weighing you down. Yeah. Well, and it's just sometimes you just have to admit reality. Like reality sometimes is just hard and that's okay. You know, and just, and, and it's, again, I think, cause I'm the same way. I'm not, I'm not big in complaining and you can usually feel when it switches. You can, yeah. you can feel when it's like, cause I just never want to be a victim. Like you, right. but you can tell when it's like, Hey, I've got challenges I'm facing, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to face them down. And, and we're going to, we're going to get through it versus I just want to sit and, and feel sorry for myself. And yeah. I really have no interest in, in tackling any of these things. Um, and so, and I, I can easily switch as much as I don't like victim mentality. I think we all can really easily fall into that. I think that's just a temptation that we all deal with all the time. Yeah. It's kind of a natural flow in that direction. Yeah. I, uh, our buddy Mike, who was with us on the last podcast yesterday at church, I saw him and, well, I guess to maybe take a step back. So he and I will text each other quite a bit. Um, we have quite a bit in common just with the phase of life with our families, but also farming. Yep. And uh, we're trying to just be, have more of a in-depth, you know, so when we first got to know each other, we would just talk about farming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the easy thing to talk about. But now we're trying to really have more of an iron sharpening iron relationship. And so we'll text each other some mornings and about real stuff and ask for prayer or whatever. And so anyway, yesterday after service, he was like, so how are you doing? And I was like, I'm good. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> I'm tired <laughs> yep. and I'm grumpy today. And yep. I woke up grumpy and I have no idea why. Yep. Kind of took it out on my kids. I was really hard on them over dumb stuff. Yeah. And then it was interesting because a lot of us seemed to be carrying that same vibe yesterday. Yeah. I was talking to our friend Keith after service. Yep. And like we were laughing at each other because I was first telling him, yeah, I was yelling at the kids about this. And he's like, I was just, Angie was just telling me this morning the same, like getting yeah. on me for the same thing. And, and so we were just going back and forth and there's like all these similarities and we're just, we're all in the same boat. It is. And, and we all, you know, we would all love to be able to go through life where every day you're at your best and that's just not reality. And that's why I have, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, it's like, I really don't think like it, your life is going to come down to the, the heights that you achieved at your best, it's going to come down to like, what floor were you able to establish at your worst? Cause yeah. you can do a lot more damage at your worst than good you can do at your best. And so that's always been something that I really, it's like, yeah, it's always fun when you're like, I'm feeling it today and I'm just going to go just destroy the world. And I'm going to just, I'm going to achieve it. But those aren't really the days that determine your overall life. It's like when you're having the bad day, how much damage do you do to your life? And, and, right. and that's really where 
things are going to get figured out as far as, you know, your floor is, is a lot more important than your ceiling. At least that's how I tend to look at it. Yeah. Not everybody views it that way, but that's what I've seen in life. It's, it's tough because, uh, I think I've witnessed people in my life before who have a tendency to have a positive outlook that outweighs whatever challenges they, they have found a way to continue to have joy, yeah. even though there's really challenging things. And those people occasionally, I've seen people resent my wife over that before because yeah. that's kind of her nature. Yeah. And people tend to resent people like that because they don't, they attribute it to something else, like a worldly thing. They're like, oh, well, it must be nice to have all the chips fall, you know, like they have for yeah. you. But I don't know if that's necessarily true. And the one thing I constantly, that I always remember is uh, we lived in Indiana for two years and the church we attended there, there was a men's breakfast one Saturday and there was like an associate pastor there. I'm still friends with him on Facebook. Um, talk about it. He, he talked about perspective. Mm -hmm. And actually now that I'm telling the story, he lost a daughter he has four daughters, four adult daughters, and lost one to drug addiction mm. um, like two years ago. And I watched it from afar just through social media, but I've never seen someone talk about practicing what he preached that day about uh, perspective. Like mm -hmm. he navigated this extremely difficult thing that not many of us can identify with. Right. With such great like i my admiration for him grew just watching someone be able to go through something like that but that's kind of an aside but what he talked about that day was perspective and he said you know that you have started to figure out what it's like to have proper perspective when you realize you've been going through a trial for weeks and you didn't even identify it as a trial until you've been going through it for a right. while. Well, and it just becomes life. And I think that that's just, you know, a big breakthrough, I think, for most of us is when we just realize, like, the the natural state of, of humans is difficulty. Like, that's really what we were made for. And there needs to be times of reprieve. Like, if you don't have that, I mean, I believe that's why we sleep, is it shows us the natural flow of, like, there needs to be a pattern of hard work and then rest and recharge and hard work. Um, but to understand that, you know, if, if you're in a season where it's just like there's not all that much difficulty in your life, enjoy it, celebrate it, but understand that's probably not going to be the norm. That's just simply not how life was made to be. Um, there's a reason why our brains give us all the feel-good chemicals after we overcome a challenge. It's because we were made to do that, and our, our bodies, our brains are actually wired to reward us for difficulty. And so I think part of it is just when we go through hard things, it's easy to be like, what did I do wrong? Why is it right. like what, you know, where did I mess up? Because our expectation is if we do things right, there's not going to be those trials. And, and that's just a, a overall basic misunderstanding of the human experience that I think even for me, once I get my head wrapped around, yeah, that's not really true it makes it easier because it's not like, oh, I did something wrong and being punished. It's like, no, this is 
part of the human experience, overcoming hard things. That's just part of it. Yeah. And I think we could look back at our own stories and find multiple examples of how something became clear later on, like, this is why God allowed this thing to exist in my life, even though it was extremely difficult. Look at what is happening now that probably never would have happened without that. Absolutely. I had a, I don't, nobody knows this person, but a guy who I went to grad school with um, and became pretty good friends with. He became pretty successful after grad school and has kind of traveled all over the place and done really well for himself. And this morning I watched, he did a 30 minute long post on Facebook and I watched the entire thing. It like captivated me. He was basically admitting to living a double life for all these years, but he basically said, and this is, I always connected with him over baseball of all things. Um, and he has told me over the years, I admire you for the way you live your life and stuff like that. And so we've had some deeper conversations, but um, he basically in this video said, I feel like after hurting so many people and hurting my own wife and kids and all of this, living this double life for so many years, I feel like God allowed it, allowed me to go through that because now he wants me to tell my story. Yeah. And so he's basically just getting started. And I just felt, I texted him and I was like, I'm really proud of you for stepping out there and responding when you felt that impressed upon you to share your story. And I bet you, I, there's probably so many people out there who need to hear this. Yeah. And I just told him like, um, cause right. He's still, this is all kind of new form. So he's still feeling alone mm. And all, you know, just dealing with the consequences of the decisions that he's made. But I was like, you're not going to be defined by, or actually what I told him is don't, you're going to be tempted to carry that shame with you. Mm -hmm. But that's not at all what God intended with all of the stuff that has happened in your past. It wasn't intended for you to have shame. It was intended for you to use it now to... Now you have a platform. You've always had a platform, but he basically is giving you the platform in a different way now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a, I don't know how we got down that road, but it's, it it is about perspective. And I know, um, it, that's relevant to what you've been talking about. I think two Sundays ago, were you talking about, um, being lost. Yeah, was well, that was last week. That was the one that I don't think we had a chance to talk about. Was just the the promise. Which of God was two that, Sundays ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Because yeah. So it's just the idea of most of us feel lost. Yeah. That's it in life. If we're honest, most of us feel lost a lot of the time. So just that promise that if we're letting God direct our steps, then we're not. Even if we're not quite sure exactly where we're going, we're not lost because right. we're being directed. Well, that I guess that's what's maybe relevant or how this relates to everything that we just talked about leading up to this because the reality is is everyone's going to end up lost in one way, shape, or form at some point. Mm-hmm. 
And so if you want to like use the travel analogy, like there's two approaches to traveling somewhere. You can um, plan proactively Mm -hmm. to try to avoid being lost. Yep. Or you can do it reactively and basically decide, well, this doesn't seem right. All right, we're going to turn here. The fact is, is however you do those, at some point you are going to have to make some sort of change of direction. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think a lot of people respond, they become dismayed when they realize they're lost. It's scary. It's scary to be lost. Like nobody wants to feel lost because it is a very, very unsettling, scary feeling. Like, because we want to feel like we have control. And and when you are lost, I mean, I remember, I mean, back before we had GPS on our phones and it was like you had to print out MapQuest like to go on a trip. It was like if all of a sudden you realized you, you missed a turn, like you didn't, there was no recalculating. All of a right. sudden you're like, I got to figure this out and I don't know where I am. And, and that's where the fear comes in of just like, what if I, what if I can't figure this out? Like, what if I can't get back on track? And that's a terrible feeling to have. Yeah. And I, I want to be careful. Like, you know, sometimes the people who don't plan so proactively are the ones who respond a little bit better when they realize they're lost mm-hmm. because they're almost counting on the fact that at some point I'm going to be, but right. I'll just, once I realize I am, I'll redirect my steps. And sometimes the people who really do invest a lot toward trying everything they can to avoid becoming lost, it is hard for them. Yes. Well, and it's how many times have we truly, like how many times have you gone on a road trip, gotten lost and never found your way back. Like we're still out living in the wilderness to this day. Right. It doesn't really happen. Like yeah. you will find your way back. It's just uncomfortable. But that, that fear isn't always rational. Because again, like how many people have had that where it's like, yeah, we got lost and it took us six weeks to find our way back home. It's like, no, you you figure it out. It's uncomfortable. It's stressful. But eventually you find someone to talk to or you, you're you like, wait, I remember seeing that. And you get yourself back on track. The, the fear isn't real rational. Yeah, so the people who who fear getting lost, I mean, that. I guess if God is guiding our steps like we talked about, mm-hmm. then what we shouldn't, how am I trying to say that? Um, we basically, we have to take steps. Yes. We're not going to get anywhere if we don't take steps. Yes. And we have to take those steps understanding that we may need to make a turn where we weren't expecting to. Yep. And so I think one mistake that we can make is we want so much to be in control. Yep. And we want so much to avoid getting lost that we were crippled by it and we end up not taking any steps at all. But what the Bible tells us is we just have to start taking steps. Absolutely. And we have to be ready to be redirected at a moment's notice. Absolutely. Well, and I forget what what show it was. It, it was either Survivor Man or Man vs. Wild because there was those two shows going on yeah. at once and I forget which one. But in one of them, they explained that if you look at like survival like rates, if someone's like lost out in the forest – 
if they actually start walking, even if they go the wrong direction, their odds of survival go up. And that goes against all conventional wisdom because you would think like conserve energy, hunker down, but it does something to the human brain to feel like you're taking some strides. And they just have found that like people can survive longer if they're moving, even if it's not in the right direction, just start walking because it's like your, your brain just kind of shuts down when you just hunker down and you're like, well, I'm just going to wait until someone finds me. You don't survive very long in that situation. Um, and I found that fascinating because that goes against what I would assume like, well, save calories, like don't get yourself all exhausted, just hunker down. But um, the human brain is weird in that it needs to feel like it's moving. Otherwise, it starts to get really, really down. How often does conventional wisdom get in the way of us doing something? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just think of times in my life where I was so preoccupied with trying to make sure that this big decision that I'm going to make is within God's will. Yep. And I think pr- that's probably a pretty common mistake for people as they're growing in their faith. Like, it, it, that's not really how it works, but it, it takes going through that. Like we're so, we want to be obedient. And I think God understands our heart in those situations. He's not going to like punish us for that, but sometimes there is a consequence to that, like being crippled and just not making a decision. Sometimes it's missed opportunities or sometimes it's just being stuck in a crummy situation because we're so worried about doing the right thing that we do nothing. Absolutely. Well, we all tend to think that we're like one really big decision away from like a break that we talked about that on Sunday breakthroughs. We, we always tend to think we're one really big decision away from a breakthrough. So we, we zero in on these, these decisions that we view as big and think if I get this decision just right, it's going to change everything for me. Where in reality, we're thousands of little tiny decisions away from breakthrough. Right. And, and that's those, um, that's the you know, we're reading a book called simple church right now. And, and they talk about the, the, the concept of alignment of how, when you line up a bunch, like thousands of little tiny decisions that you would think will never make any difference, but when they're all aligned, those little decisions become an absolute powerhouse for change in, in your life or whatever. And, and that's the, that's the thing that I think is we get so stuck on the big decisions that we don't realize like the big decisions aren't really going to be, I mean, yeah, they, they can, they can push you forward, especially if they line up with all of the little decisions, but the little decisions add up to doing way more than a right. few big decisions could ever do. Yeah. And I think you were referencing Proverbs 16, I believe. Or was that, I have a note here from that, and I can't remember if that was from your sermon or if that was from my own I I talked Psalm 17 this past Sunday. So in in Proverbs 16, it says that um, all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Yes. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. I think that those, 
I guess there's there's a couple ways of looking at this. There's the people who are afraid of getting lost, and so they're afraid to take that next step. And that's what this these uh, Proverbs 16 that I just read really speaks to. But what about the people who are shackled by decisions that they made in the past that really compounded? Basically, how I view it, and what I love about that verse is it also lines up with um, basically the verse that we quote a lot, which is, God will give us the desires of our heart. But what they don't catch is before that, it's those who are all in on God get the desires of their heart. And and what I think even the commit your ways to the Lord and he'll establish your plans, it, it's basically the overall premise is when what you want is God, you will always get what you want. Like that's the overall. And I think that we have to take a step back because it's tempting to go, okay, if I just, uh, you know, do the right things, then God will make me rich or God will make this situation work out in my favor. But it's really more speaking to when the desires of your heart, when your plans are just, God, I just want you in your kingdom. I want you to be more in my life. I want you to show and reveal more of yourself to me. He will always do that when that becomes the desires of our heart. And so it's going back to your question, your past decisions will not affect your ability to receive what God wants to give you. Now, it might be different. Again, if we're still focused on the temporary things, then we probably have not gotten to that place of really being sold out for God. And it's really hard because we live in a society that that's all we see, that's all we talk about. But I mean, it's it's one of those where that's the beauty is once you desire God, you will always get your desires because God will always give himself to those who want him. Like that's just that. that. And so, you know, for me, I think it's even just the, the if the plan is I want God to be in charge and I want him to be fully present in my life and I just want more of him in my life, then your plans will happen. Like that's, that's kind of a promise there. But if your plans are like, well, God, I want to make my first million by 25 and then I want to, you know, marry a supermodel and all that. God's not promised to, to make those plans happen. And so I think it's just getting out of the mindset of even the temporary things and getting more in the mindset of like, what, what is it that your plans are actually leading you towards? What is the end goal of your plans? Because if the end goal of your plans is temporary things, then I I personally am not going to really give you a lot of confidence that God's all that worried about those things. Um, But if you're like, here's my plans because I want my life to be about permanent godly things, then you can, like, I do believe that God has promised I'm going to make that happen for you. That's my clock. I know. I like it. That's This is the first time we talk too much at the beginning to, yeah. to not be done yeah. by the end. Yeah. So everyone got to hear uh, Red Wing Blackbird. Well, we've, we've talked mostly about last week, but then yesterday you talked about transformation. Yeah. And I know we don't have a lot of time to really dig into that, but I do think that realigning our expectations and our perspective and just what it looks like to um, follow the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like we just talked about, that is the precursor to transformation. 
Yeah, I think it's just, and, and like I said too, I just think there's a, a misconception among most Christians, you know, especially in the West and in our country, just because we are, we're so blessed with so many things is that like God is, is a way to get what we want. Like God is, is, is kind of Santa and, and he's here to give us the, the nice little trinkets that we've always wanted. And if we just follow his rules, he'll give us presents. And I understand where that comes from. And we do serve a good father that loves to give good gifts, but we serve a father that understands the real gifts, the ones that are actually good, are not the temporary things. They're giving of himself to us and that that is always the ultimate good gift that our father wants to give us is just more of himself. And so to just take a step back and be like the ultimate joy of being a Christian is to become like Jesus. That's like the real, if you're a Christian and that doesn't even seem all that exciting to you, like that's a problem because that really should be the ultimate prize for Mm -hmm. any Christian is I get to become like Jesus. Not only am I saved by Jesus, but he's going to transform me into his own image. And, and that should be what really gets us jumping out of bed in the morning to be like, today I can be more like Jesus. And he's promised to do that work in me. Um, and that's, I think this is the first promise that some of my work was just to hopefully convince people that it's a great promise to go after, because I don't know how many of us really look at that on a daily basis and say, oh, I want this really bad. Yeah, and, and I think that's the question that was floating around in my head as you were saying that is we we know ourselves personally how hard it is to constantly keep the things of the world that have luster that that really catch our attention. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy for those things to rise to the top and for the stuff you just described to not look very appealing or for us to be so comfortable in all the things that the world has to offer that we just don't see, you know, our faith in Jesus as, as great of a gift as what it really is. Um, and so that's a bigger conversation, um, for ourselves but also for the people who haven't even experienced it at all. Yeah. Well, and I think what I, one of the things that I think was one of my, my biggest points that I hope people came away from was, was just this idea that like most of us have spent our whole life conforming that that has been our path to feeling like we're, we're getting better to feeling like we're, we're improving ourselves is to, to conform and to, to try to just morph ourselves into what everyone we see seems to want and to understand that that's not really the, the route as a Christian to change. It's not this, this to just conform to what people seem like they want, but to actually spend time with God in such a way that who you are kind of melts and, and you're this pliable clay for God to transform into this new creature that's new and old at the same time. Because it's new because you, you have lost who you are by conforming your whole life. But old in that it was God's original design when he made you was to be that way. 
And it's just such a beautiful process to be like, you don't have to go through that dance of what parts of me does everyone seem to not like and how do I get rid of them? And, and this, this whole process of just trying to morph into what everyone seems to like and instead just be like, I get to just go in the glory and presence of God and just let myself melt and become this moldable clay and just say, God, you make me into whoever and how much more just amazing of a process that is. Transformation is so much better than trying to conform. It just really is. Right. And so we're both just normal people who this sometimes comes easy. Sometimes it's an extreme challenge. It ebbs and flows, goes up and down. Yeah. So we're not at all trying to give the impression that we have it all figured out. But if I would be sitting down with someone right now who would say, why do I, tell me why I need a different perspective and tell me why I should even care about transformation. Um, And what I, I would just follow it up with some questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you happy? Are you content? Are you tired? Yeah. Do you feel, because all of those things, I think we can go a really long time thinking that we have it all. Mm-hmm. But if we're totally honest with ourselves and and we just stop and think about it and really give a deep assessment of ourselves, I think everyone gets tired of chasing their tail. Yeah. And But I think just going back to what I said before is I, I just think that we have to come to a place of honest assessment to even value these things that we've been talking about. And that's the first step. Absolutely. And I would even say like, uh, if you call yourself a a Christian, that word Christian literally means little Christ. Like that's, so as soon as you call yourself a Christian, that's what you're saying is like, I want to be like Christ. And so to me, it's like, it's like being like, well, you know, I want to play, wide receiver. I don't understand why I need to learn how to catch the ball. It's like, that's, that's what you are. That's the, as soon as you say you're a wide receiver, like that's what you're acknowledging you're going to do is mm-hmm. go catch the ball. And it's the same with Christians. It's like, you're, you're calling yourself a little Christ, which is awesome. And you, and you should, and, and we're being transformed. So I'm not saying you, you have to be perfect, but that's what you're acknowledging is I am someone who's becoming more like Christ. And, and that's really at the heart. And I think that even just the fact that we don't talk about it is an indictment of just kind of where we've lost our way as the church in America, that that hasn't stayed the central focus of like, this is the heart of just what it means to be a Christian. We're becoming like Christ. Um, and so that would be even my like, that's that's the core of it. I like yours better because it asks questions where mine is a little more aggressive, but that's just even for in my head, I've, that's how I've called myself out at times. Yeah. And I know we're out of time, but that your last statement just really got the wheels turning in my head, just about like, what has the church become? So if we haven't, if we've strayed away from just being like Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, I could, there'd probably be a lot of explanations for where the church currently is at or, or what the church puts most of its energy toward and it could be like making statements or standing for something or being against something or whatever. But like, 
the simplicity of just being like Christ. Yeah. That like solves everything. Yeah. Well, and it, it started as a derogatory term. Like they were being made fun of. It was like the, the religious leaders were like, we thought we killed Jesus. Where are all these little Christ doing running around? Like it, it was it was a badge of honor of like, I'm, I'm such an annoyance because yeah. I've become like Christ. And I am, I'm doing the same things that he was doing. And it, it's one of those things where it's, it's so often it happens. It started as a derogatory term that's, carried as a badge of honor because that means you've actually done something yeah. because you're, you're actually bothering and annoying people. So that might be a good topic for another time um, yeah. because I, I could talk a lot more on that too. And so, but I think this is, what do you think would be one big takeaway? Well, I think going back to where we started, I, I think that's a major hang up for, I mean, it, it continues to be for me as well sometimes too, but just as we go through life and, and we're faced with decisions every day, small ones, we, we're faced with decisions that we don't even realize are decisions, but we're constantly making things that impact the next step and impact where the, where the road is going. Mm-hmm. And when we become aware of that uh, as Christ followers, we can become crippled by it. Yeah. And so I guess my big take home is to understand that um, to be truly effective, uh, we need to be willing to take steps when we don't know clearly where we're going. Yeah. And that's okay. Like there, that is, there's no, I was going to say there's no harm in doing that. Maybe sometimes there is, there's consequences to every step we make, but uh, I don't think as far as, living out our faith, I think there's going to be times where we're just going to have to do something that we just aren't clear on the answer, fully expecting the Lord to step in and to redirect us if we need to. Absolutely. Or if if we need it. I would agree. I think you you have to be willing to pick up a a foot and lean forward and trust that God's going to move that where it needs to go if you're listening and if you're flexible and you're probably not even going to know what the next step is all the time. And you still have to be willing to pick that foot up and, and lean. And that's where anyone who has the luxury of being a few years into uh, following the Lord is just look back a couple yeah. of years ago and you'll find some examples of times where you were faced with a similar decision. And it's like, oh, I forgot that I even fretted over that and it's all worked out just fine. Yep. Absolutely. And it may not have at all worked out the way you were hoping it did, but the fact is, is it, it turned out fine. And so if he never let us go astray, then he's not going to now. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to end. So do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Awesome. Uh, God, we just thank you that, um, we can discuss your promises and the fact that your promises are even a thing. And we just take um, comfort in the fact that you are guiding our steps. Even when we make a wrong turn, you're there uh, to redirect us. And so we just give you that. um, We just ask you and give you permission to redirect us when we need it. In your name we pray. Amen.